Welcome to the Cafe Radio Podcast, a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, and the Congressional Award Foundation. This podcast is intended to help students through the opportunities the Congressional Award Program offers and provide information on how to explore the Congressional Award Program's pathways to career goals. And now, here's your host. Hi, and welcome to Cafe Radio. I'm Jordan Williams from Deanwood Radio Broadcasting, and I'll be one of your co-hosts for today. Hi, I'm Jessica from Demo Radio Broadcast, and I'll also be your other host for this podcast. Demo Radio Broadcast is a mass media program that focuses on networking, radio broadcasting operations, and the journalistic arts. Now let's meet our guest, Alexis Williams. Hi, everybody. So nice to be here. So nice to have this opportunity with these two young adults, and I'm just really excited to be here. Thanks. We're glad to have you. Here's a slight introduction slash background. Alexis began her award journey when a mentor at Beaches Habitat told her about the program and signed her up. Through this mentor, she was able to work with multiple students at all levels of the award and grow as an individual as well as network with her peers. So her mentorship aspect of the award was that it made the most meaningful and she is grateful and saw encouraged potential. Alexis works as an executive assistant at Corporate Solutions Tech, which was inspired by her earning of the STEM award in 2017. She hopes to combine the skills she learned from the award and her mentor to one day start her own business. Today's topic is the importance of membership with Alexis Williams. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, so I'd just first like to start off by uh, talking about what was your experience through the award and why do you think it was so important for you to experience this? And yeah. Um, So I started the Congressional Award probably when I was 16, on the edge of 17. I was pretty lost and like, not in like a way as like I was in any kind of crime or any kind of trouble, but I just feel like I was one of those students who was just like getting by. Like I had good grades, but I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I didn't have any of the resources to figure out what I wanted to do in life. I'm a first generation college graduate. So I didn't really have anyone in my life who was able to kind of guide me. I began going to the Habitat for Humanity Beaches Education Center, which is one of the few, if not the only in the whole U.S., where I met my mentor for the congressional program, Kathy Christensen. She really guided me. She gave me resources I wouldn't have had any other way of getting, taught me how to write grants, taught me how to do basic things. She taught me financial literacy. My time with my mentor meant so much to me as an adult now looking back because I don't know where I would have been. I don't know how I would have apply to colleges or gotten help for SAT or ACT prep. There's so many more things I could just say about my mentor, but those are just a few things. I just, I couldn't imagine with not having her. I think that is wonderful, Alexis. And also, well, in my opinion, a great factor of mentorship is also there being receiving on the other party, which is the mentee. So I would just like to ask, what mindset should you have when becoming a mentee to anybody in any setting, even outside of um, the congressional board? I feel like you really have to be open-minded. You know, it could be the most out-of-box person that you would never talk to. Probably like that little old lady at like a Publix or Kroger's like that you would never talk to, um, that you think I have nothing in common with them. I 
don't want to talk to them. Um, that could really end up being the biggest inspiration for you. Bring so much networking in your life, so much just to look forward to. I mean, I feel like as a mentee, you should really be open-minded and just really try. I think some people don't try to get to know someone before they judge them. And that's a, I think that's a big issue. Yeah. And um, I really identify with that because I, at first, you know, what even got me into this program was my school, Richard Rice School. And Miss Compton Harris, she actually introduced this idea of radio, you would broadcast a program to me. And, you know, at first I was just like, and, you know, I, I think I, I might just sign up. I don't really think I'm going to, you know, do it. But it was actually through my school where and Mr. Bussey and Ms. Winnington, they pushed me to kind of come to newscasts and do it. Because I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it just because I don't feel like it. But I didn't really know that, you know, people seen something that I didn't see. And they really thought that I would be good at it. So, you know, I tried, you know, and it, it, it seemed to work out. And, and, yeah, I really appreciate them for that, for sure. And if it was one person that you think that you think that really, really, that really, really inspired you to do this, what would that one? Per- who would that one person be? Miss mm, Kathy. I mean, like honestly, I she just kind of like took me. I was just this little kid in like a center with a bunch of other kids. We all have nothing to do, trying to figure out life, trying to just be young adults. And I think she really took us because she has multiple kids. She put through the congressional ward as gold recipients, and I think she just. She just scoops you up and she just kind of molds you into like this beautiful young adult who's prepped. And I think that's a big takeaway I got from is like I was prepared for this world. And I know a lot of kids who didn't benefit from having a mentor, who didn't benefit from the congressional award and all it offers. And they felt a little lost coming into it. And so I'm just one person I can really credit to my success is Miss Kathy Christensen, my mentor for congressional. That's great. That is, um, thank you for sharing, Alexis. I would like to go back to when you said you are a first generation college student. Can you give us some background on your family's history and why that's so significant? Because that's a very beautiful honor. It is. Thank you so much for that. So, both my parents just have um, high school diplomas working restaurant jobs. Um, My dad right now works for the city of Atlantic Beach. Um, He just does uh, parks and rec. Um, My mom's currently unemployed, but she was a stay-at-home mom. Um, But she also got to work with AmeriCorps, which actually Miss Kathy kind of hooked her up with. It was pretty cool. Um, She got to do a little community outreach for the center. So yeah, that's kind of just my parents. That's my background. I mean, like, they didn't have any way of applying to colleges. They didn't take SAT, ACT. They didn't know it even costs to apply to school. You know, there's just like little details in there that I just, I didn't have any help. And even getting through school, um, I kind of was on my own figuring out my finances, um, figuring out financial aid, figuring out like, like just basic things about a credit card, like that my parents just didn't, hold the knowledge to, and that's nothing. It's not their fault. It's just kind of how the, how it just, how it came to be for them. So, I mean, it is really hard as a first generation college student, just really navigating life. Um, sometimes being a parent to your parent, cause they just don't, they didn't have the resources like you did to like go to, go to college and be a literate adult. Oh, wow. We have way more to talk about. We'll definitely get way more into that. But right now, this is Radio Cafe, and we'll be back in a minute. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. 
Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Cafe Radio. We're still here with Alexis. Hey, Alexis. Hi. Okay, she's still here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, now that you shared your Congressional Award experience, although you did say that you didn't really know your ways, would at least when you began to have the idea where you were the age or at the moment in your life where you had an idea that you were going to shoot for the stars, did you ever think that you would have the career that you have now? Not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so how did it, how did we, how did we get here to corporate solutions tech? Um, I was working through nonprofit. Uh, actually, let me just trace back here. So actually, um, right before I was about to submit my college application to the University of Central Florida, I was like, I'm going to do nursing. I had a little experience volunteering in the ER at ba- Beaches Baptist Hospital here in Jacksonville. Um, I'm like, this is my thing. I'm going to do this. Right before I hit submit, I was like, I don't know. I really like working with kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. That didn't work. I went through a year program volunteering directly in classrooms and it took one person in my life to tell me you're just not passionate enough. I felt very like offended. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this is my thing. Like I've been volunteering. I know what I want. And um, that sat with me for a while. And I was like, I need to find something I'm passionate about. I went into public relations, graduated with my degree and thought, okay, nonprofit, doing communications for nonprofit. And I did um, for the past year, um, right out of graduation, I'm working at multiple different nonprofits, doing a variety of different things like development, communications, administrative work, an opportunity just arise, LinkedIn, um, just happened to have a connection. And I talked to my now boss, Jade Scarver, who's the CEO and founder of CST. And I love my job. I I can't think there's a day where I'm not learning something new. And I do project management and staffing, recruiting. Um, We also do just business consulting. All those things sounded so icky and like I would not like that. But I love what I do. I learn something new every day. And I feel incredibly blessed to be where I'm at now. That's great. Uh, How was the feeling of, of someone telling you that you're not passionate enough? Because me personally, if... If somebody told me I wasn't passionate enough about something that I think I'm passionate about, like, I, I would have a fit. I'm, I'm sorry, because, like, how are you going to tell me uh, what I'm feeling? Like? You know, that just makes no sense. But uh, when did you actually have the realization that that you weren't really passionate about that? And what really drove you to go into a different career field? I mean, just sitting on it. It's like one of those things that eat you up and you're like, you're like in the middle of maybe like, working with the kids or like volunteering somewhere, for example. And it's like the little thought just comes in like beams in your head and you're like, I think I'm passionate enough. And I don't know, the more and more and more, I just realized that this isn't what I thought it was. And I think I'm settling for something that has nothing for me 
and have no passion for. And um, so I, as I, as you could tell, I've taken a few chances, um, different career paths, different ideas of what I want to do in my life. And I think that's very frowned upon, like as if you should be 17 and you should know exactly what you're going to do, exactly every path you're going to take. And honestly, no, you, you should have the freedom to go and do anything you want. We have a lot of life to live. And I'm just really glad I'm on this new path. But sometimes you got to take people's advice, even if it comes off mean. I, I had to hear someone out to really be happy and uh, really humbled today. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. I may sound like my teacher. He's old school, but he says the biggest lie you can tell. Well, let me do it in his voice. The biggest lie you can tell is to yourself. And I mean, that's really true. Um, I feel like this happens in every generation of young people where we go for things and we see see opportunities. We grab them and, you know, they spend the rest of their it's observation. I'm not I haven't grown up yet, but they spend the rest of their lives like, did I really want to do this? Or, you know, this isn't making me happy. And I'm so glad that you literally took that career U-turn just in that timing. And I, I feel like that's a very, very unique story. Like once you were about to click that button or turn that, um, yeah. turn it in. Yeah. I definitely feel the same because I'm only 14 and people be like, oh, well, you need to already think about what you're doing. High school goes by so fast that three years of blank will be gone in the blink of an eye. Like I'm still in the algebra one, like, you know? Uh, <laughs> I definitely agree with that because I, I don't even, I mean, I think this is something I want to do, but, you know, it's, of course, it's going to be things where I grow up and, you know, keep going throughout high school and there might be something else I want to do. But I have a question. What was your, what was your main thing that you wanted to do? Like, what was the, besides uh, working with children, was there something else that you really wanted to do, but you just never thought that you were going to be able to do? I honestly think uh, business. Um, so fun fact, uh, I actually have my own business. Um, oh. One of my personal development programs um, when I was in Congressional Ward and at the community center with Beaches Habitat, we had a junior achievement program where um, a group of us teens who regularly attended the center got to have our own business. And we created like these grass pallets. They were recycled from the build site for Habitat. And then we got to paint them. We made custom boards and um we would go to the art markets and we would sell. Um, it was crazy. And I think the whole idea of it was like, yeah, but this is like a project. Like I could never do this myself. And um, seeing my boss build nothing into something, um, seeing just friends and family build nothing into something and have like successful businesses really inspired me. But then I said, I'm like, I can't, I don't think I can do this, but it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I think we can all reach a consensus that, Alexis, you are really blessed to have had these people and these programs just drop into your life. And well, everybody, there is more to come. Please stay with us for more of Cafe Radio. The Congressional Award Foundation is the United States Congress Award for Young Americans. Since 1979, the Congressional Award Foundation has been providing opportunities for young people to unleash their potential by achieving personal goals focused on volunteerism, character development, fitness, and how to explore pathways to career goals. 
This podcast is a part of the Congressional Award Foundation's initiative to reach more students of color and make an impact in the community. The programs feature graduates of the Congressional Award Foundation who share knowledge with students about how participating in the Congressional Award Program changed their lives and served as an invaluable tool for supporting students in educational and career-building resources to catapult professional growth and careers. This program is open to all youth in the U.S. between the ages of 14 and 24, regardless of ability, circumstance, or socioeconomic status. Set your goals. Work towards your goals. Receive your award. Move to the next level. For more information about the Congressional Awards and the Congressional Award Foundation, visit congressionalaward.org. Welcome back to Radio Cafe. I'm Jordan, and with my co-host Jessica, and with our guest Alexis. Hello. Nice to be here. We're very thankful for having you. And we were just talking about her journey and why mentorship is so important to her. And I'm glad that we got off. We were talking about how she navigated through towards her career and her college education. And on the topic of her career, I did do a little bit of research on your um, job, Corporate Solutions Tech, where you occupy. And I saw that when I looked, I saw that there were uh, some black and brown people in executive and administration positions. Could you describe the dynamic that exists in your workplace and how um, important this um, diverse and excellent visual is? I have never had um, my boss be of really color, actually. So that was one of the perks of applying to this job is because we are um, a woman-owned and black-owned business. All of our staff are people of color. Uh, I feel comfortable in my workplace. I feel at home in my workplace. I don't feel judged if I come in braids. I don't feel judged if I come in my big hoop earrings and um, anything else that people might feel is too black for um, a workplace, which I feel like is a major issue right now. Um, I feel like I can express myself. I feel like I can just feel very comfortable in my workplace. It just, it feels empowering. And I think some people can't understand that because they've always had um, people around them um, of the same color in their workplace. I've never felt more comfortable where I'm at now. Thank you for asking that. No problem. And, you know, that's great because there's things such as the Crown Act. And I feel like that being put in place and as well as having um, just being in a black owned facility and administration. I think that was so cool. Like when I saw it, I was like, and I was like, I, I see the hoop earrings and the curls now. And I think that's really important because although you you can write on your resume and go in the interview and, you know, put have your shoulders up and your legs crossed with, with your nice outfit, you can I, I feel like people look for gen- genuinity and not and then don't accept it when it's time for you to actually do your job and actually perform your profession. And that gets away of it a lot. So on the topic of mentorship, do you feel like in any way, just not your mentor for the congressional award, but has there been people who have actually tried to define you or tried to tell you what you need or what you want instead of asking? Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot, especially like when you're younger, I feel like you guys could relate possibly where it just feels like people are telling you what you'd be good at, what you should do, where you should apply to school at. Um, just many different. It just it just feels like 
people have an assumption on your life before you even know who you are. And um, I've definitely felt that before in many different workplaces where it just felt like people thought I was constricted to one role or thought I could only do one thing. It definitely can feel like uh, restricting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, uh, I've always, I feel like I've always been judged just based off the fact that I'm young. And and most times I've always been the youngest in my environments and I've always just been the person with just less experience and people just thinking that I can't do something where I, I, I feel like anything I put my mind to, I feel like I could do. You just got to give me the opportunity and, and maybe show me how to do it or, you know, just give me an example. And I just feel like I could do it. And you just got, I just feel like people should give younger people uh, the opportunity and also just hear them out because most times we know what we're feeling and we we pretty much know what we're talking about, especially when it's things that we're passionate about because I don't think that we're ever passionate about something that we don't want to do. Like, if we don't want to do it, we don't want to do it. But if we feel like we could do it, we could definitely do it. And I guess my question would be is, have you ever felt like your your voice was just not heard and and you had to go make your voice heard somewhere else? I definitely feel that way. Um, at a last uh, job, I felt like I had so many great ideas, um, ways to just help continue to develop, continue to grow, continue to just expand. And I felt like uh, the person above me just constantly threw my ideas away and was not listening to me and constantly was kind of putting my ideas down. And um, eventually I got tired. And I said, okay, I think I have great ideas and I have to go where my ideas are heard. And I am grateful to have had opportunities where my ideas were perfect for somebody else and help them grow as a nonprofit or help them grow as a business. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think. I feel like with you, especially Jordan, what you said, that we should actually like consider the beliefs of our of young people because when we get a f- step further in our future it's always determined by the people before us maybe that there's always positive and negative things so if you want to do talk about the political things the you know status quo right now you know and i feel like you you have a responsibility for the people that's after you and if you don't give people the capacity to be who they are and do what they do best, then we're going to be stuck in just moving on into years and not actually going nowhere personally and developing. Right. If I had to and give I, you guys, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. No, you're good. Cause I really, I was just thinking, um, and it's just like, I don't know if people were like really think about it, but like we were really the, like the next generation, we're the people that's going to have to be where you're at. And I just feel like if they don't, if you don't start realizing that and, and just knowing that we're going to have to be where they're at. And, and if they're not investing it in, into what that we investing into what we want to do and investing in the fact that we're going to have to do what they're doing, that we're kind of going to be lost. Definitely your, your opinion matters. And I want you guys to hold on to that. Don't let anyone put you in a box because your opinion matters no one needs to tell you what to do with your life. You have plenty of time to grow and learn and have more passions in this lifetime. Just keep fighting for your spot because you earned it. So don't, don't quit. Oh, uh, if, was there like a specific program that, that really helped you to know 
what you were going to do and, you know, helped you to kind of get out of your shell and helped you to be really social and, and, and helped you to really know how to move in the workplace and really how to like identify yourself. Besides the congressional ward, obviously. Yeah. Right, true. <laughs> yeah. One of my uh, personal developments was theater. So um, I got to uh, do um, a couple plays and I got to count them as my hours. I couldn't quit. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. But like, I already said, I'm like, this is my goal. I'm going to do this. Um, so I really had to push myself. My mentor pushed me into it. And I had some amazing times. I really connected with a group of people. And they really brought me out of my shell at the time. I was like, a junior in high school I wasn't really like when trying to go up and talk in front of people um it was kind of hard to talk to older people I mean like doing theater really kind of helped me develop dialogue um and just kind of break away from being shy because at the end of the day I don't really think anyone wants to see you fail no one wants to see you uh get put down in a conversation and it really helped me just realize that dialogue between people uh socially is just it can be fun as long as you just take away the anxieties and just really enjoy it and about the, the theater giving you dialogue part, I didn't he, he know that you did theater when the research was there. And it's kind of, it's I don't think they connect sometimes, but I will try to connect it by asking you this. Did theater providing you that dialogue in some way help you with your networking abilities in the future? Oh my goodness. Yes. Because then I was just able to like go up to people because I feel like they don't tell you the hard part about networking in person because it's like, you know, you, you got to get away from LinkedIn at a point. You can't just like go and connect with people on LinkedIn and think, okay, that's enough. You got to go talk to people. Sometimes you got to talk to complete strangers. And I feel like with theater, you're in front of like a bunch of strangers talking anyways. So like it kind of helped push me to like network better. Like I was like, all right, just make up a script in your head. And uh, get out there, shine, <laughs> and perform. <laughs> so how is it socially, especially with networking in Florida? Because everybody has this already, you know, premeditated thought about, I think the word is Floridians. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, I feel like I don't have a strong accent, but maybe when like I'm really relaxed and at home, like I have a little bit of like a twang and my lingo gets a little more relaxed. Um, <laughs> Florida, you come across a lot of people that are um, from many different backgrounds. I feel like you just got to be nice, um, smile. And I feel like that's just a international way of letting people know like you're you're good like you're not going to be one of those crazy people because florida is crazy don't get me wrong i don't know where everybody else is located but florida can get kind of crazy you don't just talk to anybody so you got to smile and uh try not to look suspicious yeah it's only not just florida you know you have people from new york some people say people are from dc are mean but i just think that if you stay on the, the right side of the elevator which you are supposed to be in the metro you'll be fine but <laughs> see, I didn't even know that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I would have just got on there and been like, all right, I'm on the left side, I guess. Like, just make yeah. some room. <laughs> that's, any, that's the biggest pet peeve. Have you had any bad, like, you know, interactions with people from New York or D.C. or New Jersey or anywhere? What state? Um, when I went to, we were all awarded because I had a group of people who are awardees um, alongside me that I knew from Jacksonville with the same kind of mentor. Um, we went to D.C. It was my first time out of Florida. And um, it was definitely a culture shock. Like all the walking, the yeah. subway. Oh, my God. Or train. I'm not sure which train, one yeah. you guys call it. Subway. 
that was kind of crazy. Like I saw my friend, like the doors closed in on him like really fast. And I was like, oh, <gasps> this is <Yeah>. violent. <laughs> That's the life. That's the life. <laughs> like it was. You got to move with a sense of urgency. Yeah. People <laughs> like didn't open the doors. They didn't want yeah. you to say ma'am or sir. It was crazy. I'm like, you yeah. do this in the South. I mean, like people might jump at you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's different. Can't be different. Definitely can't be different. <laughs> Yeah, not even you put it like that way. I didn't, you know, like everything is just so, it just happens so subconsciously now. Like, I don't even think twice about, you know, the little things. It's just like, okay, I do this for myself, do that for myself. Like, it's kind of like whatever. Like, yeah. if you had to describe, like, you know, at home, at Florida, like, how is it compared to DC? Are people more nice? Are people more like considerate or no? I'm not gonna lie. I'm not trying to throw shade. But yeah, I feel like we're a little nicer here. Like your neighbor might, your neighbor might come outside and be like, hey, you go in DC, people are like knee mugging you and like they're looking you up and down and like, they're just like holding their purse on you. I'm like, dang, relax. Hello, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely uh, different to say the least. Like, I don't think I can live there, Um, but hey, you never know. Yes. Well, in D.C., our um, ratio of people and demographics has changed a little bit. So the way we interact with each other is different. But I promise you, uh, D.C. people are fine. Just give them some of those sauce and chicken wings. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> did you at least get to go to the restaurant? Like, you know, did you get to experience some parks, some, you know, different attractions? Go see the monuments, go walk around? Oh my gosh, yes. I went and saw the monuments. I got to see the MLK one. I think that was my favorite. Um, I got to go to the African-American History Museum. I'm probably saying that wrong, Um, but I got to go. And I think it was like fairly new by the time I went. It was so cool, super long. My feet hurt afterwards. I think I had blisters on my feet. Got to ride a city bus. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, y'all have nice buses compared to the ones here. I think ours are still from like the nineties. I don't. I don't know. They're kind of raggedy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm, that's really a compliment. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, but we really appreciate your time, Miss Williams. Uh, we really, you know, it was just a, a great experience being able to talk to you. Uh, this was Alexis Williams. Thank you for being a part of our show today, and thanks everyone for listening. To Cafe Radio. I'm Jordan. And I'm Jessica. Have a great Have day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Cafe Radio Podcast, a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, and the Congressional Award Foundation. For more information about the Congressional Award Foundation, visit congressionalaward.org.